Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Oh, welcome to the program. Boy, have we got a show for you today. Today we're talking about teams and, uh, again, a subtle way, I think, to try to influence my team to be even better. That is the goal of the show. It's not so subtle now, is it, James? Not so subtle. No, you kind of gave it away there. Ah, uh, darn. I gave it away. You guys would never have, it would have, have ever dawned on you that I was trying to get you to be a better team by just listening to the show today. But now, you know the secret. Do we disappoint you, Matt? No. Are, are we, are we no. doing enough? Can no. we do more? Yes. Oh, okay. But no. A uh, little point here. James is wearing a Studio C shirt, even though yesterday we had the Studio C guests. Well, I actually was day late dollars. I was considering wearing it yesterday, but I was like, uh, that would be kind of awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Do Do you have a T shirt uh, for tomorrow that has Michelle McCullough's name on it? Maybe because she's our guest today. Well, I was thinking of wearing it today, but then I thought. That could be awkward. Do you you have a shirt that has Michelle's name on it? Not yet. But I know I what will. you have. I know what you have. Wait, you what? have because she uh, she had a company. Oh, this is totally how you have a shirt called Startup Princesses. And in 2008, she had this startup company that was a startup princess. So you have one of her shirts that is from the startup princess line. Matt, you're selling me out. I'm, I was banking <laughs> on the fact that this is a radio show, so you can you can't actually see the shirt that I wear. But I have eyes. Dang it. To see. I Very want to know true. where the Matt Townsend t-shirts are, Matt. we got to rep those. Great. Seriously. Great point. Uh, will somebody... I'm busy doing a show right now. Will somebody run in and talk to Don about that? Ask Don where yeah, our shirts are. Our shirts. Yeah, Mike, get I will on rep that. hard yeah, Mike, go ask Matt Townsend him. show. Yeah, just our shirts. Well, because seriously, everywhere I go, somebody talks to me about Studio C. Even this morning, wearing the shirt, someone came up like, oh, Studio C. Do you, really? Or, do you work with Studio C? Like well, it kind of, kind of. I was in a cool room to hear with that yeah. about the Matt Townsend show. Oh, Matt Townsend show. Oh, my that's kids great. talk about it all the time. You're they, that one guy who has all those dates, Mikey. You would you would get some good. Reception. Yeah, You're, I like I the know. Mikey. I should be the Matt I like Townsend the show. Subtext. I like you, the Mikey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we should. We could have T-shirts with all of these. <laughs> That'd be great. great. We yeah. could have like one for every one of you. Actually, let's just start with one T-shirt, the Matt Townsend Show T-shirt. And, okay. I, and I also want warm-up suits. So, Mike, hmm. go ask him when we're getting our warm-up suits and our T-shirts. Do you think – should I try to bring him in? No, not really. Okay. Oh, uh, I, oh boy. Here he is. Uh-oh. Act like nothing happened. <laughs> Don is the <laughs> hey, general manager Don. of the station. How are you, Donnie? Matt? Did you, did you hear our news? Yeah. We're getting shirts. I wanted to surprise you. Oh, boy. What? But uh, – we got you some blouses. Oh, oh. <laughs> like a pirate blouse. Well, there's one girl on the team. Is it a big can... fluffy pirate blouse? <laughs> it's got those shirt. nice big sleeves. You know the billowy oh. sleeves. And, you know uh, they're going to look great in those. What did you yeah. get? What did you get for the host? I mean, that's that's for the team, right? Uh, that's for you too. No, but but yours is uh, has got more color. In is it, it puffy? <laughs> Yeah. I got more pop. And it's it's made from satin, so I think you're going to oh, like it. Oh, Don, you know <laughs> But what? it has the logo on it. It has the Matt Townsend okay. logo, so okay. well, it'll, it'll look good. Were they just cheaper that way? I mean, did you like – was it just cheaper? We, it, there the... was a closeout. Um, we were able to find yeah. uh, a company going out of business. It was a, a pirate costume uh, <laughs> okay. shop. Uh, yeah. Well, it's hard to get rid of it. It's hard to get rid of the pirate shop. Arg. Well, okay, so I assume you ordered an eye patch for the captain. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> did you get good? 
Well, so we're not going to get close. Other than that, I mean, I mean, those are great. I'm not saying that that's not great, but I, I mean, other shows have gear. We are gearless. I mean, a lot of people call in and say we got no gears. <laughs> gearless. I, I have heard that you are gearless. Yeah. <laughs> There's no gear. Or was it? Was it? No, that it was yeah, something else. Yeah, don't go there. Okay. Um, well, we're looking closely at the ratings and, and comparing how the Matt Townsend Show ratings are doing, yeah. and uh, uh, as we see those uh, spiral up, uh, skyrocketing, yeah. you know, as they have been, I think we'll yeah we'll be looking at something other Maybe. than the pirate shirts. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll progress from there. <sighs> then we can have warm ups. Pressure. And this is gonna be great. Okay. Well, thanks, Tom. Man, Man, I'm excited. Yeah. Hurry, we got about <laughs> three. Cool. We got about one minute before he gets back to his office. <laughs> that bugs me. Say whatever you want. <laughs> Pirate shirts. There's a delay. Wait, what? <laughs> it's better than no shirts. Good point. That's a great point. Uh, and it's also better than what Maddie is wearing today, which is I don't even know horn hat oh, yeah. from Maleficent. What's the name of the Matt? Turn huh? around. I'm not even wearing it. Oh. Oh, sorry. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Did you take them off? <laughs> but you had them on. She had horns. From a, Are they Maleficent, called horns? Okay. Right? So the Sean horns. got to go see the movie early. What movie? Explain Maleficent. The movie. He got to see the Maleficent movie with Angelina Jolie. I think you're Jolie. mispronouncing that. Um, no. Maleficent? Mm, okay. Um, anyway, he got to see it early, and he got me horns because I'm his favorite. So he got me some of the mm-hmm. fun toys that they had. At or the he was trying to tell you something else. Movie preview. <laughs> like I think you need these. Maleficent no, means Sean bad. It's a bad. It's a bad witch, right? Yeah, a fairy. She's a fairy. She's a fairy. bad, bad fairy. So Sean is shaking his head at you. That's a that's a the affirmative shake. Was that an affirmative or a negative? I'm pretty sure it's affirmative. He's he doesn't know which way he's going <laughs> with that head shake. I'm gonna bet because the word mal maleficent would be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greek, and she has horns. Bad, right? uh, maleficent means in Greek it means bad fairy. It doesn't mean fa- it just means bad. Okay, from our fairy expert <laughs> Mike Bond, <laughs> maleficent is just bad. Yeah, I've been researching okay. it for the show. Everything fairy. Let's go, let's, let's go to the cr- the critic who actually saw the movie. Actually, I can't comment on the movie because I've signed an agreement. Ah, that that's I why you're. That's why you're being okay. That's why that I'm being sense. quiet. Yes. But the horns, can you comment on? Uh, they're paper. Come on. They're paper horns, <laughs> but you gave them to Maddie for yes. which purpose? For the purpose of, I mean, is it because I know she wants to go see the movie very badly? They're metaphorical. They're metaphorical. It was a nice little. She, it's gesture. a gesture. It was a gesture. Yeah. That was a good gesture. She got them for all of his daughters, and then he got a pair for me because I'm like his work daughter. I'm the only girl on the show. He yeah. had to be nice to me. Work daughter. I thought it was hazing, but yeah. you know, whatever. Well, you have to you wear know, these horns. It's great. Yeah. It's great, and whatever it is, I think you wear them well. I mean, a lot yeah. of people can't it's pull true. off horns, no. and you did. Look now at this that, teamwork that we have on our wow. team. I feel good team right now. Fantastic. I feel strong. And I, 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 lo- I love our team. And um, if we're not going to get gear, other than the puffy shirts when they come, <laughs> and we've only got one set of horns, let's just, let's just be friends. Let's just learn today from our guest about skills for being part of a team. And you know what else we could do? Let's just do a little, a little tribute. Let's go back. Back in space. Back in time. On the show, there used to be a guy named Bryce Tobin. He's no longer—I don't—he's no longer with us for sure. But he's—he's he's just disappeared. He was—he was—he wanted to go to Mars, and I haven't heard from him, so I'm pretty sure. I think he, he went with that one guest yeah, who came in and's going to Mars. You know, I think so they're getting married. They're getting married. Um, just if Bryce is listening. But here's the deal: uh, about uh, I don't know a while ago, my or Bryce put together a monologue about being a part of a team, and we just wanted to go back and, and replay that. 
Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce's Right. I think the idea we have about teams is all wrong. Hear all these sayings about teams, many hands make light work, needing another set of eyes. None of us is as smart as all of us. A single leaf working alone provides no shade. But what if you can lift things just fine on your own? What if you got a good look at it the first time? What if you are, in fact, the smartest person in the room? And if we're talking about leaves, have you ever seen those leaves on some tropical palms? You can get plenty of shade from one single leaf. Why? Because that leaf is an overachiever. So do people like this really need a team? But let's back up a little bit. Why do we form teams? It's to tackle something that one person can't handle alone, right? Well, at least that's what we say. Maybe it's even what we think. But how often do we form teams just to compensate? I mean, we've all got shortcomings. Not all of us are like those big tropical leaves in every aspect of our lives. So we form teams thinking this guy is good at A, but bad at B. But this other guy is bad at A, but really good at B they'd make the perfect team. Would they, though? If you have to make a team, shouldn't you find two people who have inadequacies irrelevant to the work but are good at both A and B? Call me crazy, but that sounds like the perfect team if the goal is to tackle a problem. But if the goal is to cover up for individual inadequacies, then feel free to make a team that compensates for each other. But I don't think that's a very worthy goal. Taken to the extreme, a team that's held together by dependency is nothing more than a bureaucracy. But the best teams, the ones who get the job done, are made of people who don't need teams. They can overachieve on their own. You get these better results when the task at hand is what requires a team, not when the team is what needs the team. An effective team is interdependent, but can be independent. The team should be a springboard to completion, innovation, victory. The team is not a suit of armor that keeps us safe from things that we know we're vulnerable to. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You know, I miss Bryce. I do too. We don't have as many rants. Yeah, and he was always right. I, I miss the Bryce's right because yeah. I learned so much well, and from him. Because Maddie's only here a few days a week, we have... We really hardly have any rants except for a few days a week. Yeah. Well, less drama, though. I mean, is, is it, isn't it good to have less rants? Well, no, because drama is good because it helps facilitate team. Oh, that, that's true. Right, Aaron? It makes good radio. So. Makes great uh-huh. radio. It does. What, it really uh, does. What, what would you, because you've done a lot of work for us. Yeah, me, uh, on, me and Mike kind of team. teamed up a little bit, and we kind of are wondering what makes a good team player. And from, like, looking over a lot of different ideas from people, I'm realizing that there's problem solvers yeah and that's good but there's also problem dwellers blamers and avoiders uh, and so if you have a combination of those on your team that's much more difficult to get anything done i don't sense you know? we have any problem no, no dweller blamers. yeah yeah no so i find that to be we have a lot of problems yeah and we're not solving, a lot of problems i think solved. the t-shirt <laughs> problem is probably solved. the biggest problem yeah. right now but we got don on our backs to help yeah us yeah don so. got us puffy shirts <laughs> <laughs> not even close and so the thing I we I researched as well that I thought was interesting is consistency in a team is the key. If you have someone being flaky, you know, or doesn't show up, yeah, they're not very reliable. You right. don't want to really work with that person. Or I know. Am I wrong? Uh, hypothetically, uh, like let's say we're doing a show every week, and like one guy takes a week off last week. Let's just say, who would do that? No, completely hypothetical. And he makes the other people engineer his show yeah. for him, yeah. and they have to. And and Juan oh. was great. Juan yeah. was incredible. It's uh-huh. just. Or, yeah. or produce it show. You know, this isn't specifically no, towards engineers. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Sorry. I, I didn't mean just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, we, no. yeah, you, you want consistency. Uh, give me one more. What's one more key? What's one um, more There principle? has to be compromise, and you got to roll with the punches. you got to be able to adjust to situations. If you think it's your way or the highway, you're going to have a hard time yeah. kind let's, of Let's be clear. We, sh- we shouldn't throw punches. 
Well, there should be no punches thrown on our team. There's I actually we laws against throwing boxing. punches. Yeah. Yeah. I just went thing. through orientation what? here. Oh, uh, I no punching. You know, it's two, didn't two years later, I got to it. And um, they were pretty, they're adamant that you can't throw punches. Yeah, weren't, weren't they very clear about they that? They were like, very clear. Do not punch your yeah. coworkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why they were saying that to me. I've never punched anyone. I'm a kicker myself. Yeah, I was going to say. not punch. So I think if you want to improve our team, we need to have a Matt Townsend show retreat yeah. this summer. I agree. Okay. Yeah, you guys do that. Yeah. And call me. No, we're going to have it at your house. <laughs> I can't. Have you seen my forehead? I'm flaking. My forehead is peeling. That's so okay. we can't do anything outside of you the building. You can stay inside. Matt, did someone punch you? Did you roll with the punches? No, no. I just got sunburned. Oh. It, you know, sun will kill oh, you. The sun was, was beating down on it you. It was beating you. Yeah. But you, okay. That's a dumb. Was that, I know, analogy was okay. That was okay. But you know what? <laughs> Great job. Great job, guys. Oh, oh, Sean's just whirling his finger in the air, which means I think we're done. Um we're going to take a break. When we come back, Michelle McCullough is going to be joining us. She is she's going to teach us the skills you need to start a business. And we're going to start treating this company, this show, like a business. I mean, we're not here. We're not a volunteer service. We're not a charity. Matt Townsend Show. Even though it's pretty charitable and voluntary. It's great. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Back with Michelle. More ideas uh, on how to uh, have the skills for success. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in the house with us right now, Michelle McCullough is joining us. She is uh, an entrepreneur extraordinaire. She started Doodads Promotional Products, Doodads, when she was 19 years old. Now, if we're, if we're honest, I mean, really, <laughs> what were you doing, James, when you were 19? I mean, really? Okay. I yeah. was just I was just messing around. You were just I, getting out of juvie. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. I was getting out of juvie around You were getting that time. out of juvie. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I first met my parole officer. Yeah. Your first parole officer. My first. Yeah. yeah. You met him there. <laughs> yep. And you fast became friends. Yeah. Well, until the next. Yeah, then you got your third and fourth parole officers. Yeah, quote unquote friends. So that's what James was doing when he was 19. Michelle, though, on the other hand, she, go to her website if you want to, a backup of anything we're talking about. Go to speakmichelle.com. You'll see the incredibly beautiful pictures. Really, I just had my photos taken from my website, and yours look better. So I'm thinking of borrowing <laughs> yours. Um, just dyeing the hair brown. Um, here's the deal. Michelle has cultivated her love for entrepreneurship by running Doodad's promotional product as a successful side business. But you also had another startup that James was, like, totally involved in um, called Startup Princess in yes. 2008. Explain that. So Startup Princess was started by Kelly King Anderson in 2006. What is that? It's an organization for women entrepreneurs. Oh. So we help women grow businesses, and we consult women all across the country. And That's cool. Yeah. Why does James have their T-shirt? I don't know, James. Why do you have our T-shirt? It's a mystery. I'm it's not creepy. even sure I understand completely. He'll wear it tomorrow. Every day after he, like, we had Studio C uh, talent, what do we call them, actors, writers on the show yesterday, so he's now wearing their T-shirt. So tomorrow he'll wear Startup Princess. Perfect. Unless you, want to, unless you have another T-shirt <laughs> you want him to wear. I should have known. I would have brought something. Darn it. Crap. Come on. <laughs> So Michelle's also, you were a partner in Startup Princess, and over the past three years, you've coached women entrepreneurs and helped them grow their businesses from dream in development 
to establishing a thriving business. And that's what we want your help with today because we really want to turn our show into a business. Oh, good. Ish. We don't want to have to work too much. These all, they all work a lot. I want to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Most businesses fail. It's true. Is that true? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, it seems crazy because we, I mean, is it just we don't know what we're doing? Is it that we're just more passion than smarts? Well, I think there's a certain extent of that. Um, I know that there's a lot of different reasons why businesses fail, but in my experience, I have found that the number one reason why they do is a lot of entrepreneurs start businesses because they're passionate, they're excited about things. Um, Maybe they have a specific talent in a specific area, and that part comes easy, but the planning doesn't. And in my experience, the plan is the four-letter word for success. So as much (laughs) as we hate it, we have to love it and embrace it enough to figure out, is this really a viable plan? And a lot of businesses, you know, I can consult them with a little for a little while, help them put together a plan and they'll realize that it really isn't the right thing for Mm -hmm. them, which is good. It's better to do it in the beginning. Yeah, before investing. Yeah. Thousands of dollars and thousands of hours of time. Well, it seems like some people don't plan naturally anyway. It's true. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it, if it's in hard for you in your business life, it's probably hard for you in your personal life. That's true. You're huh? probably a mess with yeah. your time management yeah. and a mess with your relationships oh, yeah. and stuff like that too. So it's and you. Um, so then, all of a sudden, having a pro come in and walk you through the thinking process and figuring out all the little things you got to know, I guess that that'll either help you go forward or close down the idea or tweak the idea. Sure. I think that um, I, I used to joke about consultants and coaches and yeah. thinking that can't you just figure it out yourself? Yeah. But once I got one and figured out that it's not so bad, I figured they could help me get there faster and think through things that I might not already see. Sure. They have that experience. And so meeting with someone just to talk through your idea or a mentor that you can trust can really help you figure out if it's a viable option and if you are willing to put in the work to make it happen. Did you did you learn this? At 19, or did you? Because really, at 19, I was kind of a mess. Well, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I uh, was working for an advertising agency at the time and we needed some promotional products. So you had to track it down. I had to track it down. I had to find it. And back then the internet did not exist like it does today. I mean, it existed, but it was like I'm searching for things and getting only text, right? right? Um, I found a guy in the Midwest and he was very kind and helpful. And he said, you know what? If If you paid 50 bucks to start up, you could do this yourself and make the commissions, which was super generous of him. And I thought I would just do it to fulfill these orders for this client. But then I loved it, and it was easy. And and then you got pens. Yeah. And did you did you get t shirts? Yes, of course. Did you hear about our shirts? No. We want oh, we wanted some gear. Okay. So we asked our boss Don. Have you met Don? I have met Don. He, was he wearing a pirate shirt? No, I didn't meet him today. Okay, well he's wearing <laughs> a pirate shirt. Okay. But um, we wanted gear, and we let Don order it, and now we've all got pirate shirts. Oh, pir- like big puffy pirate shirts, the- big sleeve puffy, big blousey puffiness. Do you want me to help you come up with a theme for that so that it looks like it fits now? No, or- <laughs> no. I think the theme's pretty obvious. <laughs> There's only like one thing you can go, but you can only go pirate, right? But we were hoping, so we might have to talk to you after. Okay, just put some names on some shirts. I personally want like a golf uh, sweater. What are the a sweater vest? Yeah. Classy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's kind of, that says doctor, don't you think? Like a sweater vest. Sure. And it's cash, so I don't want to seem formal. But then I'm thinking I could wear my pirate shirt under it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll puff out a little bit, but. Business on the front, pirate Mm -hmm. on the sides. It's like a a mullet. Perfect. (laughs) 
It's like it's all business on the front and party in the back. Yeah. Right, James? That sounds great. Which James used to have a mullet. Uh, yeah, and so I do have a doctorate like, as well, so I probably get a, a sweater vest too. Yeah, he has a doctorate in passion. Ooh, nice. Yeah. We should talk about that. Well, sometime. you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to go there. It's a long story. Um, okay, so nineteen. What were you doing? How on earth did you, you got into it? Because you had to, kind of. But at right. nineteen, then you thought you actually thought you could pull a business off. Did you sure. not get that you were a punk? Oh no, I didn't realize that until later. You and then I was later? like, what the heck am I doing? But I better figure it. this out. Well, I was in marketing and advertising and taking a lot of business classes in college. And yeah. so right away, I felt like I was an expert, you know, <laughs> at 19, Plus two in classes. College, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought I had that thing That's down. That's powerful. But um, I learned a lot of things along the way. In fact, I've, I can also tell you 155 things not to do in yes. your business yeah. now. And, you know, over the course of time, I've started, grown, and let's be honest, killed. Like, yeah eight other businesses between yeah. now and then, but I'm running three right now. And all of those businesses, that hands-on experience is so great. Oh yeah. And I learned a lot of things and I was humbled in a lot of ways in my 19 year old. Uh-huh. You can do this. But you need, you almost need that kind of naivete. Y- sometimes. You know what I mean? To at least yeah. dare to do it. Cause if you really thought it through, you'd be like, I'm going to get creamed. Yeah. Business is a lot like marriage. You know, you kind of go with your eyes half uh, open yeah, and half yeah. closed. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And then you get punched. Yes, a little bit. Metaphorically. Yes, metaphorically speaking. Uh, talk about, um, so then you just did it through the hard knocks. Yes. You didn't have a coach per se that nope. that pulled you out of that. So is that what you do for a living is go around and coach entrepreneurs in your program with smart princesses, smart princess? Startup princess. A startup princess. That's for women. Yes. No, no startup prince? There isn't really startup princes okay. necessarily. From time to time, we do invite them to participate with us. But now my client and uh, customer set is about 50-50. Is so really? I do both. Uh-huh. Uh, do you notice the difference between the princess versus the prince? Yes and no. It depends on their personal circumstances and how they come in. A lot of the differences with women are all, not just about running a business, but running a family and running a life. Yeah, having a life with the business. Yeah. So we do a lot. I do a lot of life coaching at do the you? same time, yeah. trying to help people manage. And I, I thoroughly believe that regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, you can grow a thriving business absolutely without sacrificing a meaningful personal life. And that's important that's and huge. meaningful. Well, meaningful is what you added because anyone can have a life. Right. But you're saying a meaningful life, a mm-hmm. life that that eventually is going to fulfill you. Yes. Because a lot of us think the business will fulfill us. Right. Cause, and, and then we'll make the money. Then we'll have the life. Right. So I'm going to need you to help us with this. Okay. okay. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Michelle McCullough. And again, go to her website, speakmichelle.com. You can learn about her her work as a coach, as an entrepreneur, show host, strategist, speaker. She's the bomb. Bomb de liocious. <laughs> and uh, she'll gear you up if you need gear, Don. Uh, <laughs> will you, do you have a card for Don? Yeah. Okay, leave me a card for Don. I'm not saying he needs it, I'll, but I'll give it to him. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to take a break here. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about skills for success. Michelle McCullough is joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Michelle McCullough is joining us. 
Uh, 19-year-old entrepreneur at the time. When, uh, we won't ask how old you are now. But um, <laughs> 19 years you start, old, you started a business. Doodads, promotional products. And then on top of that, you've tried eight other businesses or so. Mm-hmm. Some have succeeded, some have failed. Yeah. Some you've sold for multi-dollars, multi-decimals of dollars. Yeah, there might be a comma in there's, a couple of those. There's a comma here and there. <laughs> and uh, then, but three, you're running. So here you're a mom of two. Is that right? Yep. Mom of two, uh, owner of three businesses. Yep. And you're not dead. It's true. So Very how, much alive. How are you able to do that? Because in this day and age, it's hard to get a job. It's people true. are struggling. So a lot of people want to think, oh, maybe I'll just open something up or start a business or put my, sh- my you know, put my shingle out. Yeah. How do you do it? How, how are you succeeding and then start to teach us some of the skills? Well, I think that similarly to starting a business with a plan, the rest of your life needs one of those as well. Yeah. I am um, very rigid on my time management and have figured out how to make time my friend instead of my enemy, Good. which I think is... Um, I still a constant struggle. I think the humans in us want us to be able to just live free and make yeah. lots of money <laughs> and not have to work very hard. But um, so I'm a big fan of time management. And I'm also a big fan of figuring out where my what's my ro- most important role and constantly working on the priorities of things. I don't believe that life balance really exists. Good I think girl. that's a myth. Yeah, let's blow that up. Um, but I do believe in priorities and that we can have priorities in our life and that one week some things need to shift and it's all about my kids and other weeks I've got uh, big speaking engagements or big events I'm hosting and um, I enlist and enroll my family to help them understand why that's important yeah. so that they can be supportive instead of resentful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always just say, so do you want to eat or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my son the other day said to me, I told him I had an appointment with a client and he was going to go play with a friend. And he's like, oh, I'm so sick of Startup Princess. And he's six. Okay. <laughs> he's and I didn't even Startup know. Startup Princess's name in vain. Yes. I had no idea that he even knew what my company's name was. How old is he? He's six. Oh, my heavens. And so I just, that was a very good yeah. check in for me where right. I feel like I'm really communicative with my kids sure. and people laugh that I treat them like adults in that sense but it was a good opportunity to say you know do you like to play soccer and do you like to go to Disneyland yeah. and do you like to do this and this and he's like yeah and I said well when I work and I consult clients that's how I make money and we can pay for those things and and he said oh okay and he he got that I could tell he was going to bank it for later because the next day <laughs> he said to me mom do you need to work I really want to go to Disneyland wow <laughs> so you like, trained him <laughs> But see, part of that is just enrolling them and helping them understand this is what happens. You know, next yeah. week I'll be a rock star mom. This week I'm going to work on a couple of they things. They need to learn the lesson of how you make a buck and how this all works right. and where you put the money. That's So this is a, a family business. I mean, a, a personal home business or just any kind of business you're starting should become kind of a family affair, shouldn't it? I think so. Because they're all going to give their time yes. and their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went to San Diego on a business deal. So I went to speak, but we were all crammed in one car. And it was a family deal. Yeah. But they didn't have me for like four hours, five hours during the trip. But they were all, for some reason, they were all okay with that. Yeah. They're fine with it, really. It was weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird. But they did, interestingly, we listened to my show while we were driving. And that's when they say, I hate listening to your show. Oh, nice. I mean, they didn't mean it in a bad way. I don't know how other way you could mean that, but they just can't. We listen to music. Mm-hmm. See, so they don't care. Yeah, bring home a paycheck. Yeah, they just and want your money. Do whatever you want, but let's go do fun things. That's kind of neat, though. That you because I've watched your Instagram, and they should people should follow you. 
Go, go to speakmichelle.com, but they should follow your Instagram because you're a busy woman. I've seen you say, just back from a trip, da, 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 doing this. But you can tell it's kind of a business thing. And then there's your poor, oppressed five-year-old wearing his startup princess shirt. <laughs> with a big frowny face on his face. No, but you're, you're able to still put it together. Give us some more principles. What are some things we should be worrying about? Anybody that's starting a business. Anybody that even some of this is just getting, keeping your job. Some of these principles are just universal to being a successful employee, boss, whatever. I believe that success is really about choices and about practices. And whether you work for someone else or you work for yourself, it's about making a choice and decision to powerfully own that yeah. and to decide that you're committed to it. And part of that commitment um, in, is involved choosing your attitude about it, too. Um, I think entrepreneurship can be hard, and we sometimes we want to walk away, but so can working for a boss that you hate. Oh, yeah. So figuring out how to um, choose powerfully, how you're going to act for the day, I think is one of the most important things that you do. Is there a way you do that? I mean, James does a really weird little uh, <laughs> mantra that he... We can't walk in when he's doing it because it's awkward, but he's like he he stands up and he slaps his chest and he hits his head and he's like, you can do it, James. You can do it. And then we walk in and we're like, you done, James. So what do you do to get pumped up? So I think mantras are great. Yeah. I think goals are even better. See, James? Yep. I told you. I, I think you need both, yeah. but I think the power of positive thinking is really important. I think we tell ourselves forever that we don't deserve it or we can't do it or I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough. And so being able to retrain our brain into more positive and powerful thoughts can help fuel your day. So but I'm even thinking it's going to help, right? Yes. I'm a huge fan of a tool called an ideal life vision. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with that. that. Uh-uh. So it was created by Ann Webb. And it's, I know Ann. Ann's fabulous. But that's great. Okay, I'll keep going. That's cool. So um, mantras are great, but um, we, the more you can make them personal, the better it is. Yeah. And the, an ideal life vision basically is taking your goals and writing them out as if they've already happened. Mm. You record them in your own voice, and then you listen to it. And it's my favorite goal-setting tool. Cause really? I, it's, there's five different sections, physical health, personal, professional, relationships, and spiritual. And so each of those, I write out a paragraph or even a page of what my life looks like achieving those goals and the feelings they feel. And then listening to myself, listening to them myself within my own voice, our most believable voice, the yeah. voice that our brains believe the Not most. Not like your radio voice. Well, he, Just he, your most believable yeah. voice. But it's better for me to record it for myself than for you to record it right. for me yeah, or to listen I? to yeah, right. you know, I mean, I'm a big fan of you know guided meditations sure. and other things that are helpful. But if you can guide yourself through what you want, um, it provides me a ton of motivation. Like, I'm excited. I want to achieve those goals. Yeah. It get, but it also gives me a plan and gives me an outline how I'm going to work to do it, how I'm going to achieve it, and then how it's going to make me feel when it's all done. That's cool. And I love that. So, so I start my day with that and i'm also a big fan of gratitude journaling there you go yeah at the end of the day what worked what didn't and uh, focusing on the positive at the beginning and end of every day but that's that's brilliant if you uh, have put the time in to put the the vision together and then you speak the vision out it just seems like subconsciously your body will believe you Mm -hmm. and your process of writing that vision down more than Anything else you can do. Right. And there was a study done, um, and I, I can't find it anymore. I read it once and wished I had saved it and bookmarked it. But they asked people questions, and they hooked them up to, like, a lie detector test. Yeah. And um, they would say things like, my name is Susan, or my name is Tim, or my name is whatever. And we would believe our own voices. And so the lie detector doesn't go off when it's you saying things. Really? But if you're talking to me and you say, your name is Cindy, my name is Michelle, I can see that as a as Oh, that's a interesting, yeah. But that's how important and 
how powerful our own voices are to ourselves yeah. and why it's important for you to figure out what you want, record it, and listen to it. Well, that, it seems, yeah, your brain's not going to question itself. That's the voice you're hearing in your head anyway. Right. And But for a lot of us, that's reprogramming negative thoughts and negative talk that we've yeah. been telling ourselves forever and how powerful and important that is to So you, you listen to that in the morning. Now, I personally can't listen to myself. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, just so you know, a lot of our listeners can't listen to me either, <laughs> which I think is quite rude. Um, so don't send in any more mail. <laughs> we got the message. Um, but then at the end of the day, you then go – so you do that in the morning. Yep. Do you just do that while you're getting ready or driving? I have a power up and power down routine. Okay. So there's a little routine that I do at the beginning of the day and a little routine that Does I do at the end of the day. Does it involve caffeine on the way up? Um, n- no. Okay, it kind it of clean. has in the past, okay, but you've, I'm you've a recovering. Caffeaholic. Yes. Caffeaholic. Yep. Brand that. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Who See. needs caffeine when you've got Matt Townsend? <laughs> there you go. Oh, my heavens. That's branding. <laughs> Sean, we need a branding session with Michelle. Write that down. Put that in your planner. <laughs> um, so that what's the wrap-up? What else do you do to ramp up? Um, reading something motivational. I do my spiritual time at the beginning yeah. of the day. I do something physical just to wake myself up. It's not my exercise time, but just something so that I'm not lying in bed yeah. reading stuff and going. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, do that at the beginning of the day. Motivational, spiritual, inspirational goals. It's great. Every mm-hmm. morning. Every morning. And See, I do that before the kids get up. I do that before I check email, on, before I check Facebook. That? It depends on the day, but it's... Let's uh, say Thursday. Uh, that's about seven. Good. Okay, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, seven. That's good. It doesn't have to be an hour, but just like 15 or 20 minutes to get your brain focused. Pumped up. Fill your own well before you have to go out and tackle everyone else. And then at the end of the day, you do a ramp down. Power down. Power down. Mm-hmm. Power down. And what does that look like? So similarly, I look at my I actually look at my schedule for the next yeah, day. That's good. So, so you not, have a clue. Yeah, not yeah, lying no in bed surprises. going. Is yeah. that at one or one thirty? Is my that life two or right four? There. And so I know I'm clear. I can. I'm kind of putting my brain to bed mm-hmm. with my schedule, my to do list. Um, I'll read something inspirational, motivational. I do my uh, scripture time at the end of the day, and then I will maybe read something from a book that I'm reading and go to bed. When do you um, when do you do Deer Hunter twenty fourteen? Deer Deer Hunter twenty fourteen. Yep. When do you do Deer Hunter twenty fourteen? Whenever you say I will. Because that's an app. That's one of my favorite apps. <laughs> so I got to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out if that's a if that's a power up or a power down. I kind of I would do it both times. Maybe so. Just smack that Deer Hunter twenty fourteen wherever you want it. The weird thing about that, every time you say Deer Hunter 2014, a bell goes off. I have noticed. Sadly, it means another deer was shot in Deer Hunter 2014. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad. But just so you know, it's not real deer. Oh, good. It's an app. But yes. Michelle. See how fun this is? Mm -hmm. This is great. So power up, power down. Uh, the vision, what do you call that? Ideal life vision. Ideal life vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, write down your vision, then record your vision. Yep. Then listen to your vision regularly, and then gratitude journal. Yep, I do that in my power down at night. And the gratitude journal, you're trying to be grateful, but you're also trying to figure out best practices. What worked today? What can we maybe let go of? Let's not worry about that anymore. Let's yep. just focus on what's working. Yeah, I don't think it helps and helps us. A lot of um, entrepreneurs and even busy professionals struggle with insomnia because oh, yeah. they focus at the end of the day on all the things that went wrong. Yeah. And so figuring out what went right can help you put your brain in the right place to totally. have that kind of relaxation. So can a good deer hunt. Deer Hunter 2014. Um, 
<laughs> just so you know, everyone thinks that we get promotional advertising for that. We don't. We just do it for the bell. <laughs> it's Pavlovian. I'll put it in my show next week. Do you do it? It feels so good. Just try it. Yeah. I ought to let you use mine because my Deer Hunter 2014 has all of the latest guns, has all the guns. Okay. But again, no animals are killed in Deer Hunter 2014. <sighs> I'm trying to see how many times I can do it. Uh, by the way, Michelle has a book. We're, we're going to take a break, and Michelle's going to come back. She has a book called Make It Happen, The 11 Practices of Peak Performers, which you can get on Amazon.com. Again, I would go to her website, Michelle Speaks. Speak Michelle. a girl. Speak Michelle. How come it's... Michelle. I did, sorry. Speak Michelle. It's all right. No, that works. Speak Michelle. You're, you're the brand person. <laughs> Speakmichelle.com. Um, go check that out. We're going to take a break. More with Michelle McCullough when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about skills for success, whether it's starting your own business, whether it's just keeping your job. There are a lot of tools that uh, highly successful people do regularly, and if we could incorporate a few of them into our lives, man, would life be better. Uh, Joining us in the studio, Michelle McCullough is here with us. She is, if you go to her website, speakmichelle.com. She's a speaker, a strategist, a success coach, a serial entrepreneur, a show host, a mom of two, author, uh, and soon-to-be Deer Hunter 2014 novice. I'll let you know how it goes. Call my people. Quit my day job. You might. Actually, yeah, you will. It's that fun. Great. And then, you know, everyone in your life will be like, Mom, why can't we go to Disneyland anymore? And you're like, I've been on Deer Hunter 2014 way too long. <laughs> So um, talk a little bit about your book, Make It Happen. Again, people can go get that at Amazon.com. Yep. Uh, it's a book. You wrote a book. I did. You're an author. I am an it's author. It's official. It is. Talk about the book. Uh, the book was in response to the question, you know, as a business consultant and also um, having two kids, people always ask me how I did it. So this yeah. book is the answer to that. Um, it's just so you don't have to answer it anymore. Yeah. Read my book. Just read the book. No, I, I'm happy to still answer. And that's kind of the purpose of my radio show. I feel like, like we talked about, you can have both and figuring out how you do that in a way that makes sense for you and your family yeah. is really the best puzzle piece you can figure out. What are some more principles that I guess are in the book that help us make sure our family is healthy and strong as we're starting this process? Um, I think, like we talked about, enrolling your family in what you do is really important. I think a lot of us, um, I caught myself doing this even when my kids were really little, like figuring that my kids didn't care or and my husband didn't care. They just like, so I would exclude them from things instead of helping them understand what I was doing and why that was important. Um, We assume that they won't understand. And so we don't help them understand. And I think that's a mistake. Well, and, make. and it seems like it's efficient now to just not try to ramp everyone up. Yeah. But you'll pay later, won't you? Yes. Oh, right? I've had enough of those. A number of times, you know it's a busy week for me. How come you're not helping me? And <laughs> I'm going, I didn't know you needed yeah. help. Have you have you ever had just a breakdown where you just cry and you're like, nobody cares? Have you done that? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I'm not afraid to say it. Can you talk about talk to James about how not to do that? Uh, I say every now and again, have a good cry, James. It's okay. It is. But um, to prevent some of those things. Awkward. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's some tissues. Matt judges me when I cry. That's the problem. I don't judge you. I, I feel I the judging. with you <laughs> while you're crying. I, that's the key, though, is that I'm not laughing while I'm crying, but you assume that I am. Mm. Well, but it, you cry so funny. But you could say that a little positivity and a little happiness See? could take some of those tears away. My, so maybe in the end, Michelle, he's helping you out. You're a saint. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Uh, what else can we do to enroll people? Uh, I think enrollment is uh, about f- four quick steps. The first is letting people know what you're doing and what that plan is. The second is that you thought it out, mm. uh, especially for entrepreneur types. Like I say every five seconds, oh, you know, that would be awesome if we put a business right there on that corner. Or, you know, it's a great website. I'm going to go buy that. So my poor husband doesn't know what is just an idea yeah. and what I'm actually going to go with. And so I need to say, hey, here's my plan. And I've thought it out. I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, this is is what I need from you. That's number three. And then the fourth step is a question of commitment. Can you help me with that? Or under what circumstances might I be able to do that? Hmm. Great questions that invoke um, a win-win, yeah. but also somewhat of an agreement. And so I like saying, hey, can you help me with that? But I also like under what circumstances might I be able to do that, that help them get involved in saying, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead and go on that trip because I know you need to go for four days. But if you could, and you know, one time my husband said, set out the kids' clothes for every day. That's all I need. I was like, I can totally do that. I can do that. I didn't know that was a stressor and figuring out, and bless his heart, it's not his fault. Sometimes mm-hmm. the clothes are in the dryer still or sitting yeah. in a pile right. in the laundry room. So <laughs> um, that's easy. But if that helps make it better, it's great. And I'm happy to do that knowing that he's happy to support. What, and that's really powerful. What, what advice do you give? Uh, I have a lot of clients where the husband, let's just say hypothetically. Sure. Hypothetically. Uh, the wife is 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 no longer going to buy in to the entrepreneurial dream. Okay. He, let's say he's on his 18th business op. Okay. Uh, he's on his 12th multi-level marketing, you know, startup. Yep. And she's done. He doesn't bring in the money. He's not doing it. And so the idea of one more, because this one's different, because we're in at the ground level. On yeah, this of one. course. So everyone will be below us. Yes. Um <laughs> When you're at the ground level. <laughs> what what should one do if your spouse is kind of the serial entrepreneur, visionary, non-deliverer? Well, so besides, How do you enroll them back to reality? We probably should start a support group we for should. these people. We probably could. My husband would be happy to yeah. lead that group from would time he? to time. Um, no, he's, he's great and he's very supportive. But I think that uh, part of that is asking yourself the question and, again, figuring out what the win-win is. And asking, and it's not necessarily always about a win-win, but it's about an agreement and it's about understanding what's most important to you. And there have been times, I will admit, that I have had to let certain businesses go because I realized that my marriage was more important. And there were other times where I had to say, honey, this is important to me. My marriage is important to me. How can we make this work? But I think more than anything else, spouses on the other end want to be valued and they want to be prioritized. Regardless of what you do and where you spend your time, they want to know that they're heard. And they also want to know that doing this thing doesn't mean it's going to come at a sacrifice of something else. Right. And so sometimes you can continue on in your path with just a different conversation and also figuring out how to manage your time better. And maybe that's a matter of saying, hey, listen, I will go get this job that brings in regular income, even if it's just part time, yeah. to meet the need that the spouse has. To yeah, say, this, hey, listen. Because they may have a financial need, and that need's not being met. And right. I'm just supposed to keep giving you runway right. to get this behemoth company off the ground. And if it's not happening, then people get hopeless. Don't you think 
to me, hope can always exist if we are willing to see if people are willing to change. Yes. If you make a plan with me that shows me you're willing to change this plan so you're not just continually doing the same thing over and over. Right. You make a plan with me, I'll give you more runway. Yes. But I need to see some change. Yes. And, and once we have that, fair. it's game on. Right. right. That's the that's a win-win. Sure. I'll, you'll provide this much money, and then if you don't provide this much money, what will we agree to do? And, yeah. and we don't have to get caught up in positions, do we? Like, no. you got to get rid of the company. No. you got to get rid of the company. It's just, if you can't provide this, we're willing to back down or whatever, make up some other third alternative. Well, and again, go back to the enrollment conversation at the very beginning. Say, hey, I want to do this, and I've thought through it, and this is why it's different than everything else. And maybe that conversation's happened 10 times before, and maybe that trust is eroded a little yeah. bit. And so you have to show before you can just say. And so I, I think that you know some people believe that in order for your business to be successful or your life to be successful, that you have to sacrifice everything else for it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's the case. No. So go get a part-time job. Bring some of the money in. Work on this on the side. Um, go take a phased approach to make it work because yeah. I think that um, sacrificing your marriage for a business is never – a good it's deal. It's never a good deal. Plus, it just makes the divorce really dirty. Yes. Um, talk to me about, like, what are the signs that are, what are the, like, the key performance indicators that you would look at to tell you either it's working or it's not working? Like, because it seems like a lot of people are so into the vision Yes. And the passion and maybe the fear of looking like a failure yes. that even though the company's failing, they're not going to let it fail. Mm-hmm. They're just going to drag that dead cow through the neighborhood for weeks. Oh, help us all. What are the signs, the key performance signs you look for as a coach that says, OK, this is telling us we're we're, we're getting altitude. Yeah, I think ob- sales is the number one indicator, but sales doesn't necessarily have to be the only indicator. Yeah. Um, I look for and I tell my clients increase whatever that is. If mm-hmm. there's an increase, if there's a decrease that can't be fixed and can't be stopped, yeah. um, then that can be a sign. But sometimes even in down modes, you can re- revive a business. Yeah. But it's a matter of looking at it a little bit differently. Um, more than anything, I think that part of business is figuring out, like it's a, like a puzzle, figuring out what pieces go in the right places to make the picture work. But it's okay to start over and it's okay to look at things in a different way. But I, one of the things that I see is product quality. If you're getting constant complaints that you're the product or service that you're offering is crappy, then either fix the product or close the business. Yeah, you're killing yourself. Yeah. Um, sales is a great indicator, finding that success, and maybe getting a revival and marketing and other things could help because there are a lot of really great products that fail because oh, really sure. you're in the marketing business. Yeah. You can be super passionate about hair bows, <laughs> but if you can't market them, it doesn't matter if you can make them really cute. That's right. No, so, that's true. Um, going back to those fundamental basics of product quality and marketing, I think, can help you decide whether or not it's time to quit it or sign t- uh, stick it through. That's huge. Uh, we have about, let's just say about a minute. Yeah. Uh, ish. A little bit longer than that. Um, tell us the one thing. So as you look at, at being an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, but, but also successful, um, what would you say is the one thing that is the big thing? I would say that success isn't a destination. It's a practice. It's the regular things that we do daily, weekly, and monthly that bring us success in every aspect of our life. It's not the times that we just say, hey, this is the paycheck I'm going to get, but what are the things that you're going to do to get that paycheck? And they're regular things. It's not just a one-time fix-all. It's what happens every day to grow your business, what happens every day to grow your relationships, what do you do every day to shrink your waistline, if that's your goal. Let's not bring that up. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) though. Right when you looked at my gut. 
you can look right so back. Rude. I need to work on that, that too. That is so rude, Michelle. You've got <laughs> to work not. your eye, but you got to work your eye contact better. You can't look at my gut and then say that. You can't. Too bad they can't see that. I did not do that. But I think you get the point. That was funny, though. Yes, it is funny. You're a funny guy. (laughs) I didn't mean to be funny there, but that was rude. (laughs) I just like saying that's rude. I don't get to say that's rude to very many people on the show. Well, I I will be so grateful that my last 30 seconds with you (laughs) were Michelle McCall. I'll give you you 20 more seconds to say something profound to get rid of that. I, I think that success equals vision plus action. Have the goals first. But you have to act. And that's yeah. why I love the principle make it happen is that there are lots of people out there that are dreaming big dreams. But unless you get out and do it and make it happen, it will never come to pass. Michelle McCullough, author of the book, Make It Happen. Hello. Uh, the 11 Practices of Peak Performers. Go to Amazon.com to get the book. And if you're not careful, uh, she's going to actually republish the book soon, which will it'll probably be three times more expensive. <laughs> Because it's going to come out with the national publisher, and it's huge. Uh, go Also go to her website, speakmichelle.com. Again, she's a coach, strategist, speaker. She's the bomb. Well done. Thanks. Thanks for having you me, You did Matt. great, Michelle. And you're not rude. You're wonderful. <laughs> you just looked at my gut. It's not a big deal. Uh, by the way, just for all you listeners, she did not look at my gut. <laughs> she, but it sure makes for great radio. <laughs> it does. It's really funny. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More uh, skills for success when we come back right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side, here to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. Remember, the goal of the show is to help you find a good life. We're not going to tell you what the good life is because everyone's got a different one. But to me, it's going to be balanced physically, socially, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And of course, it would involve an incredible game of Deer Hunter 2014. That has been on too many times. We're in the producer's box saying, counting how many times you said that word. Really? Which word? And that it was like 15 times too many. (laughs) Oh, 15 times too many. So you're in the booth critiquing me. Well, that's what our job is. Are we going to allow Mike to have a mic yet? Okay, is Mike still? Mike, have a mic? Mikey, no Mikey? Okay. He struggles oh. with the headphones. That's why he doesn't. Uh, right. <laughs> well, tell him they have to go on his ears, not on his nose. Well, and he's tangled Mike, in the Mike, are you cord. there? Yeah. Oh, there you are. <laughs> are you critiquing me in the producer booth while I'm trying to put a show on? Um, no. You know, as, it, it's a hard job being a producer. We're just trying to you know, look out for you, avert any major social media disasters. Mm. So, we have your best interests at heart. Do you? I need a beverage. I'm right. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody bring me a beverage. <laughs> um, no, I, I've actually... You guys are fantastic. You too. Okay, you looked at me weird when you said that. <laughs> but you are fantastic. And Mike, I don't care if you can talk about me in the booth. It's only good stuff, Matt. Okay, I'll leave it. Because I actually got to get in the mirror so I can see you, okay? Um, so, Maddie, here's the deal. Okay. Did you hear Michelle? Uh, yeah, Michelle, amazing, right? Uh, seriously amazing. And what she was teaching us is that we... We kind of have to prioritize, yeah. right? We got to learn to say no to people at times. Got to mm-hmm. learn to say yes. But she, she taught us a lot. So you're going to teach us more. You've been doing research. Yes. 
Give us what 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 are we going to learn here? Because prioritizing is not an easy thing for people. Yeah, exactly. And so she was talking a lot about time management. Yeah. And um, I want to kind of delve into deciding what your priorities are. Okay. And so once you know what they are, then you can use Michelle what Michelle was talking about with the time management to devote the time that you need to, to the things that are important to those to top you. things. Okay. Exactly. How do we do this? So. When you're starting to work, when you're trying to find time for your family, for everything that's important to you, yeah. um, you you should take this step back and look at what you're acting like your priorities are. So just go and back. And what they and actually s- are. Okay. So okay, that's cool. So yeah. you need to look at what you're spending most of your time doing mm-hmm. and evaluate which of those things are actually your priorities and which like, of them aren't. Like, like deer hunter 2014. No. Stop. Because if I was spending a lot of time on my apps, right? Yeah. Then not my abs, by the way. I said my apps. apps. <laughs> then I obviously care more about my apps than other things. Yes. So it's important to look at okay, how much time am I spending on Facebook? How much time am I spending watching movies, media? How much time do I spend focused on money? But don't you think we're going to really underestimate that? Yeah. Like hardly any, really. No. Yeah. That's why I always do my when apps you... when I'm driving. That's really unsafe. It is. That's I'm, very. I'm doing unsafe. this. Is, I'm, I'm trying to help people out there. Do not do your apps while you're driving. No, don't do. It's illegal now. It's actually. illegal now, actually. No, did you not hear about that? No, in, I did. I read Provo? it. I told him. It's in Utah. It's in illegal. Utah. There's yeah. some states you can do whatever you want when you're driving. But very, there's that. Their numbers are dwindling. Well, Just, they're all dying. Okay. Because they're doing this their is apps. not an appropriate. This is Too not soon. appropriate. Too, Too soon. soon. <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna get back onto priorities. Yeah. So. It's this is the five steps to set your priorities straight and live the life that you want to live. Okay, let's hear them. Take a break. Oh, I like this. Okay. Yeah. Not a relax and do nothing break. Oh. This is a sit down, make a list of what's important to you. Okay. Most people will find family, religion, their personal happiness, friendships, yeah. and maybe their performances at work. Okay. Uh, those will be on their list. Money. No. Some finances. Most people don't put making money is on their list, but having yeah. a balance yeah. and f- a, a happy fiscal uh, maintenance, I guess, mm-hmm. would be what is on their priority okay. list. So then you need to think about the things that you do every day. And for someone like me, that might take, okay, taking a picture every time I get to a new location. So I look at, okay, this is what I'm actually doing. Oh, really? Yeah. So wake up in the morning and I take a picture of, you know, this is what time it is. This is what I'm doing. Okay. I'm getting ready for the day. I'm eating breakfast now. And we're, we're so, we love taking selfies, so you might as well put it to oh, good use, right? we don't. We you, don't. Okay. We, America. America, except for minus yeah, Matt Townsend. Yeah. I don't like pictures. So if you document this is what I'm actually doing all day and you'll be able to look at, oh, wow. I really did spend an hour on Facebook today that I didn't even recognize. Hmm. So you'll be able to look at what you're actually spending time doing. Then you're going to cut down to the urgent stuff. You get rid of the clutter. Get rid of anything anything urgent? No, you keep the urgent stuff. So get rid of everything that's not urgent. Get rid urgent. of the clutter. Exactly. But aren't some things important but aren't urgent? Yes. Like 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 working out is not urgent until you're... Having a heart attack. Well. Then all of a sudden you need cardiovascular work. Okay, but th- that's great. Working out can be important, but if it means that you're not spending any time with your kids, it's oh, not urgent. There you go. Okay, right. 
Or, you know, go walking with your kids instead. Right. Go Combine play ball. Combine the things that are important. Yeah. So go down to the very most urgent stuff. Look at the things that you wrote down as being really, really important. Yeah. If you gain weight easily and working out is really, really important. Why did you just look at my the... gut when you said I that? I didn't. Matt is Two ruining. for two. Everyone's I was looking on at your a gut roll. today. Dude, I need something to put here so they can't look at my gut. Sean, will you get me something so they can't look at my gut? You have a desk. Okay. <laughs> Matt, you even got a troll doll that has a big gut. I know. In fact, we got to talk to her today because my troll's not producing. Uh-oh. Anyway. No, you're going to cut down to the urgent stuff. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, this is what's on my list of priorities, and this is what I need to be focusing on. So you're going to cut out the clutter. Okay. You're going to run a test week. Mm. You're going to say, for a week, I'm going to focus on this stuff. Okay. I'm going to prioritize and get it down to a few things, things. and I'm going to push those more into my life. Use visual reminders. Put a picture of your family up on your bathroom mirror. Um, On your computer screen, write down the things that are important. So when you go Mm. to look on Facebook, you say, no, these are what's important. Can I be doing one of these things instead? Run that test week and see if you like it. See, okay, I I had more time so I could maybe add some of the stuff that's not urgent into my life because I put these other things first. That's cool. And then just implement it. The first 16 days of anything are the hardest. Oh, tell me about it. So once you've done the test week, you make your adjustments. After 16 days, you're going to be flying and you're going to have a new prioritized life that you're happy with. But then it seems like... You're still missing some priorities. Like what? Well, because if I put everything that was most important in my life in my life consistently, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't be doing anymore. No, but that's what's that's what's great is you will But like some of those put, things If need... you put the stuff first. Okay, yeah. It's like did you ever do the activity where you put the big rocks in uh, and then you could pour in a lot for of the little rocks? years with the company that invented the activity. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, really – it's the big truth. Big rocks first, you then the little bigger, rocks, and then the little sand, rocks make, then water. There's room for it, all of it. And microorganisms and you just keep piling it on. And you and get a million things in if you start with the big rocks. If you start with the things that are the most important, you can find the time for the other things that are maybe less important you, amidst all of that other stuff. Yeah. So if you say, okay, my family's going to be important, maybe then you guys – do some of the movie, go see movies or do entertainment together that you might have done by yourself because you're focusing on the family. Maybe you think, okay, I need to work out, but I also really, really want to spend time with my spouse. So then that becomes an activity you do together so you you can do both and still spend time with each other, still do the priorities. But what if she benches more than you? (laughs) Then you need to work out a little bit harder. You have a good spotter. (laughs) (laughs) Do you even lift, Matt? Do I lift, Matt? Do you even lift? Matt? Uh, yeah, I do. You lift? Why did you look at my... <laughs> You're so rude. <laughs> you don't look at my arms and then say, you lift? I was just making sure. You I'm think on. you get these guns not lifting? No. I, I think lift. you get them from Deer Hunter 2014. <laughs> that was funny. That was a really good segment right till there. <laughs> Let's edit that out. Edit that no, out. No, no, no. It's live radio, All of it's Matt. Important. There's not much you can do about it. Okay, everybody that's listening, <laughs> forget the last forget the last rude remark. That wasn't rude. That was a very good. That was a very good segment. Thank you. You know what you ought to do. You ought to start a time management company. Or I should get my own radio show. Yeah, I'd go with time management. <laughs> <laughs> Got you back. Got you back. Um, well, that was great. Okay, so now I, I know what I've got to do. So now make a list, and you listening at home, 
Make the list. Check. Figure out what's important. Check Follow it the twice. steps. Be Santa Claus. We're going to see who's naughty or nice. Uh, coming up, hey, we're going to take a break and talk about naughty. Julie Nelson's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, I think they, she'll appreciate they don't write that. my segment. They don't write my segues. <laughs> Julie Nelson's in the house. We call her the bomb mom, the child whisperer. She's going to teach us, you know, everything parenting. A spoonful of parenting.com. Julie Nelson joining us next on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in the house, Julie K. Nelson. Julie Nelson, the bomb mom, the child whisperer, the troll, the... Troll giver. The troll giver, (laughs) the chia troll giver, the wife and mother of five children, the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, She's a master. She has a master's degree, marriage and family therapy, or human development. Uh, teaches classes at Utah Valley University. She is the proprietor at a spoonful of Also, Nelson K Julie dot slash forward pound. <laughs> Not anymore. She got I simplified it I know, just but, for you, Matt. I know, but I just I'll never forget that your middle initial is K. Yeah, that's After right. After Matt, what is your middle initial? We need to share. Uh, my middle initial would be M. It, would it be or is it? It is. It is. <laughs> Matthew M. Townsend. M oh. for miraculous. <laughs> Matt. M for Martin. Martin's a good name. Solid. Martin, except it rhymes with other things that when you're a kid, you don't want things rhymed with. Mm. Did they call you Martian? So I never let anyone know my middle name. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great name. My, my wife's name is Marty, which is kind of a short, ah. a, an abbreviated version. My dad's name is Martin. Ah. They called him Marty. My sister's name was Marty Ann. They called her Marty. No way. You got Martys everywhere. I got Martys everywhere. Ah. And you have a Maddie on the team. I know. We're wow. still working on that. Um, geez, Louise, where have you been? You smell Everywhere. like Europe. Yeah. You brought me some bread. Yeah. Is the bread from, from Europe? France? No, I, I I brought it all the way back from France. It seemed a little hard. <laughs> no, I just made it today. No, it's, it smells fresh. It's fresh. fresh. It's Is, fresh. Uh, talk about France for Yeah, a France and Belgium okay. and England. Mm-hmm. And Which then a few weeks before one. that, it was Germany, Austria, and Italy. I know. What mm-hmm. is the deal with you? I know. World traveler, eh? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You're going big. I am. If you had to choose just France, Germany, where else did you go? Oh, England. London. Where I- would you Italy. go? Oh, Italy, yeah. You know, it's like, it, people ask me that. It's like your children. Can you choose? Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> did I say that out loud? No way. <laughs> yeah, and some days I don't want you around there, there, There's anymore. something special about each one of them. Yeah, there is. There's so, and th- that's what's interesting is when you, cr- when you start driving from one country, it's like, for instance, Germany, and you start driving south and you go through Austria, and then you go, go down through Italy, you feel a physical difference. Really? Not just in the climate, but the people. It's just, it's just tangible. It's just remarkable how countries have their own identity in food, in climate, the dress, everything, yeah. the way they talk to you. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Not just language. I mean, no. the way they Just, just how they approach each, yeah. another human. Mm-hmm. What, uh, just give me one, because I think I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, give me one, just your favorite food moment. 
Oh, man. Just one. Choose one moment where you thought, heaven. Yeah. Oh, there were so many of those. Well, just give me one. Oh, man, gosh. Did you not hear me? Oh. Just one. You know, donor kebabs. Pardon? Donor kebabs. They are like... Who? They're like... A donor kebab. Yeah. It's a kebab provided by a donor. Yeah. It's not an original Bob. It's a donated Bob. <laughs> okay, go. This just sounds... Yeah, donor uh, kebabs. Yeah, but is this organ donor? It's like a... <laughs> or, no, that's... No. Organ no. donor kebabs. <laughs> no. That's different. They they offer these in Italy and in Germany. Okay. And they're kind of like uh, having a pita pocket sandwich. Mm. Kind of like a hero. Yes. Yeah, Greek yeah. with the lamb mm. and all of the stuff in there. Oh, like my a, gosh. Is it like a shawarma? Uh, what's a shawarma? I think it's like a donor kebab. Okay, one of those. <laughs> and then we went to France and went to this pa- this pastry place, and honestly, we thought we were going to die. Did it involve chocolate? Oh, all over the place. And then Belgium chocolates, mm. all oh, and waffles. I hadn't had Belgium Did waffles. They have chicken and waffles. Is there a waffle house there? Oh man, there's waffles all on every corner in uh, Belgium. I am and hungry. and chocolaterias like you cannot believe. Really, it was amazing. Oh, I'm glad you brought me some bread. Yeah. <laughs> I brought you chocolate from England last time. Yeah, I you did. I did. I didn't want to bring it, you know, same thing again. Well, no, I'm glad you brought me yeah. bread. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we get to your subject, your topic at hand, I'm worried about the troll. I know. Not growing hair? Uh, uh, no. Balding. He's Premature I, balding. This is, some of you may not uh, listen to us regularly. And again, we understand. Um, but Julie brought me a well, one time Julie brought me a gift, a troll doll. It was on St. Patty's Day. It was a little You were trying to say it's a leprechaun. leprechaun. It was a troll. <laughs> and then after she looked at my gut, she said, oh, uh, the troll, I brought it because it has the same gut as you. That is exactly what you said, and we have tape of it. So don't make me make James work to find that. And you're scarred ever since I said well, that. Then, I know, because you bring it up every week. week. I did. The next time you came on, we then asked you to bring some clothes for the troll because he was naked. Mm-hmm. And my children were feeling awkward. Now we've dressed him and we've got, we put, we packed some dirt in his head. Not pack. We just gently placed dirt in his cranium. And then we put chia seeds on the top. Mm-hmm. I'm having, I have a feeling that this gift of yours had been in some guy's car for three years. I think the problem you told me last time I was here is that you forgot to water it. No, we've watered it. But you forgot at the beginning and now they've all died. No. You got to put new grass seed in there. Just get some new grass seed, Matt. Oh, you're, you Start say that like that's easy. <laughs> have you seen my yard? You don't have grass seed laying around? No, I have weeds everywhere. <laughs> I, I've got weed seeds. Then plant a weed in his head. It'll grow. For you don't sure. even have to water it. You could have a little dandelion sticking up at You know the top. what? You're smart because I know I can grow weeds. <laughs> so um, what are you going to talk about today? You know, Michelle did a great job talking about entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I really admire those who try to make it work with family. And often they will gravitate towards owning a business. Yeah. Because you have more control over your life. And then you you can uh, have what she called prioritizing sure. rather than, which I, in the literature, there's a lot um, out there in research talking about the work-life balance, work-life balance. Work That's life, a huge it's topic. It's a huge topic. Now. And I do appreciate all the uh, research and all that's being said out there to try to make that work. Um, But 
again, I think it's a little fallacy for us to, in our head, think work-life balance as if you have these scales yeah. and I've got work on one side and family on the other side and somehow they're all going to like yeah. absolutely, you know, be equal because you're, you're not. It's, 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 it's the universe is never kind to somebody who has a family and also who works. It's not static, uh, right? Uh, it's yeah. dynamic because you're constantly adding weight. Yeah. And sometimes you're totally out of balance. I was out of balance for a five days in a row, just all family. Yeah. And I could hardly wait to get back to work. <laughs> and now I'm totally out of balance at work. It is. It's a give work. and take. And it's never like this equal where we're going to balance. It's right. not. And it's not either where people say, well, I'm juggling. I hate that also, that metaphor of yeah. the I'm juggling like, oh, I'm a crazy person with all I'm these balls. I'm a clown juggling. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I'm dropping balls. And so those two things really don't work for me. So I like what Michelle said. I also use the same word of prioritizing. And it gives me more control over, like you said, family time, five days. I'm not even thinking about work. Yeah. And then maybe I'm going to spend a little bit more time on, fam- on work when I get back. But the family understands because yeah. it's a give and take. You know, it's, something's going to sacrifice and it all works out. So it really helps to prioritize. And um, when you have your own business, when you are an entrepreneur, you have more control over the two sides of the scale. And when you're going to cut back, when the kids need you more, when I need to go to somebody's performance and I've got to say, you know, to the – you know, my employees, you got to take over for me. I've got to go. And that's a really viable option for sure. so many people who oh, want yeah. to make it all work better because you don't have the boss telling you what to do. You're the boss who says what happens. But sometimes you don't even have that benefit mm-hmm. till even later in the business, right? right? Like when you're more established, when you're more secure in it. But then I found sometimes like in my business, the the better or the, I don't know the word, the bigger, the more successful it gets, the You'd think it would buy you more time, but it actually just ends up they just need you more. So it's it's kind of a it's a dangerous thing because everyone thinks I I long for certain days, the day when I could just go kind of punch a clock and then punch out. Yeah. Yeah. Because mine mine is a different entity. So I guess too we need to be careful, huh? Because it's it doesn't always work the way and as soon as you're really successful and you got twelve trucks running yeah, you can't just right. Do it, certain it, the stakes are higher. You yeah. think, okay, then I can then I can have more freedom, and oftentimes it's the opposite. Sure. And so I'm here to talk about the family benefits of being an entrepreneur. There we go. I love that. So you know, if you're, that is. if your listeners are out there and they're the punch the clock in and out, great. My husband's one of those. Yeah. You know, and they never really see that side of him because when he's home, he's home. But there are benefits sure. and there are liabilities to being an entrepreneur because it does spill out into every aspect of your life. But if you work it, it can be a positive That's for the huge. family. A lot of our listeners might even be truck drivers. So some truck drivers sitting there thinking, yeah, tell me the benefits of yeah. family balance. Right, right. Okay, so one of the benefits is is if you are an entrepreneur um, and you are – a lot of times it happens out of your garage. It starts oh, small. Yeah. Okay, down ground up, you see from the organic level, the kids are into what the, the yeah. planning stage. Yeah. They, they see it from the very beginning, the inceptions, and they see what it can be. They see the goals that you're setting, like Michelle said, yeah. and they're there at the critical part of your uh, business, and they see what can be, and that teaches them the skills that they'll need for their yeah. life. 
you know, because they see it through you. I worked in my dad's business. That's right. And so you are bonded with your family yeah. in a certain way that other kids will never be. The, the Those who just leave it in the office never see that side of their, their, their dad right. or their mom. And they don't see the whole person yeah. that you are. And there's not an ownership, like a feel of I – mean, I remember there was, being, there was something about being proud about pulling into my dad's business. Absolutely. thinking, oh, man, my dad owns this. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, Stuff like that. and I'm a part of that a too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm a part of this family yeah. business, and you have pride and ownership, and you want to make it work. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, there's a little bit of a hey, this is a, what we all do as a family, and it yeah. gives you identity. And that family business, it's kind of like a branding for your family business. I, I used to walk through my dad's business and just fire people. <laughs> hey, you're out of here! You're out of here! Yeah, and she'd be like, "Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> you can't fire me." Anyway, yeah, my so dad it's, it's a me I it's can't a project. It's a family project. And, and days gone by, you know, back in the day when you would have a family business, there was a lot more entrepreneurs. You had a bakery, you yeah. had the shoemaker, you slept. You, your house the was cobbler above the bakery. was yeah, yeah. Yep. You slept above the store, and that and that's still the way with many families, but not so much anymore. Right. We come, we've become too urban. Well, now you can do it in your industrialized, your computer, right? Yeah, but but there were days where you were an apprentice in your own family, yeah. and you you learned the trade, and then you and then you grew up and took over the business. You know, you'd and- also learn the life skills. So the trade would be teaching you. This is how we handle money. This is how we handle people. This is how you handle the livestock. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about it over dinner. I got to fire someone today or I got to make a big crucial decision. And it becomes this family discussion over yeah. dinner time when the kids are a part of hearing how you solve those problems. How? Yeah. It's, it becomes part of of their of their education. This is um, so it's. The benefits really far outweigh anything else. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Julie K. Nelson. I'm going to put K in there the rest of your life. Sure. And I'm going to call you Matt M. Townsend. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Um, Let's just go with Julie. Hey, Marty. Let's just go with Julie. Okay. Julie. Let's just go with the troll maker. Um, Julie Nelson's joining us. She's teaching us the benefits for family of starting a business, being an entrepreneur, running a business out of your house. Uh, We're going to have more with Julie when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back. The lasers are shooting. Julie Nelson's on the show, the mother who put together a spoonful of parenting.com, the bomb mom, the child whisperer, and the, what are we calling you? What's the name of the little leprechaun? Oh, the troll giver. The troll, the troll (laughs) whisperer, the troll giver. Um, Julie's joining us. Julie is just, let's just be real. She's, she's the guru of all parenting gurus. Yeah. Wrote a book called Parenting with Spiritual Power. Which we all need. Yeah, go get it. It's a go. It's a mm-hmm. book you got to get. Mm-hmm. You have a master's degree mm-hmm. in marriage, family, and human development. You're the only one I know that actually has that on your shirt, um, which is fantastic. And I'm not against that. Um, but you've been featured on a bunch of shows, and again, you're a, 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 a favorite contributor to the Matt Townsend. Show. Well, it's nice to be here all the time. You've reached favored status. Yeah, thank you. I've I've clawed my way up. Uh, actually, you just brought food. Yeah, it's true. And I bought you, my way up. It's pretty easy. You just 
you fly through right your up. tummy. Last time you brought us chocolate, the world's greatest chocolate. Yeah, and you gave me Snickers in, in return. We always which like I appreciate. to we like to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Fact, the best have, that America can offer. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Snickers, <laughs> Snickers. And then um, today you brought bread. Yeah. Because we we may break bread. Yeah, it's true. And again, we may not. Because I came from France just too long, not too long ago, and I thought I'd bring you bread. But I didn't bring it from France because it would not be good. No, it wouldn't. And But it also has my name on it. Yeah, true. So everyone else, get your own bread. Yeah. Right? That's right. Okay. Because it smells so good. Everyone's like, hey, so we're going to break that bread open? We're going to do the bread? And I'm like, no, it's got my name on it. So we selfish. Need, That's it, selfish. No. No. Yes. It's because the troll hair is not working. She owes me. I just say do a hair transplant. Just rip out some hair, some grass out of your lawn and just stick it in there. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. Hey, um, you were teaching us the benefits yeah. of being an entrepreneur, having your own business. And yeah. again, I grew up in a family. My father, my parents divorced yeah. when I was eight. So I grew up uh, with my dad not at home, but he I would go work with him almost every day. And he would pick me up at school. And then he would bring me home, bring me to work, and then he would put me back in the hot, sweaty factory and uh, would give me a water break every three hours. Yeah. So you were basically his unpaid slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very powerful. <laughs> okay. So, Matt, what did you do? What did his father – what was your father's he business? He owned a sign company. Okay. So I learned – I literally learned every part of the sign company. Yeah. A lot of what I did was cleaning. And then once everything was clean, I learned how to do vinyl letters. I learned how to do screen printing. I learned how to do everything you can imagine. And then I became the delivery boy and worked there every day for many, many, many years. And then I crashed their car. Oh. And for some reason, there wasn't as much work <laughs> after that. It was, it was actually very – it was very enlightening. And it was, it's interesting now because I have my own business. But I remember him telling me so many times – you know, everyone in this building right now is getting paid but us. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's crazy. Yeah, we get paid last. I know. So it, I find it fascinating, Matt, that you grew up with an entrepreneurial father who yeah. taught you those skills, uh-huh. and now you are one. Uh-huh. It's stupid. How much did you learn about what you're doing now from him? No, I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. It's the same thing is that um, it's hard but there's something about the freedom of it that's that's great. And that's what I found is kind of the addicting part, right? Because you're free as a bird, except you're a caged bird and you're free to fly anywhere within that little tiny cage as you want to. But I, I actually learned a lot. We have completely different businesses. But I also learned um, – because my dad's also kind of artistic, so which is why signs were great. Mm-hmm. And he, he could communicate with all of these artists, none of which – we're very good at the marketing side, but he was good at the marketing side. So he just put a bunch of artists in the back of a room and then had them made sign, make signs and then he would go sell them. So I've kind of learned – anyway, it's interesting that – because my form of you know business uses similar creative mm-hmm. skills. But then I also have found I'm not a businessman, Well, here's, which is weird. Well, yeah. So this is what I'm hearing – and I see this so often, is that the children pick up the passion of the parents. Yeah. Now, that is a great benefit for the family because, again, like I said before, the break is that you don't have this clock-in, clock-out type of a parent who right. comes home and then they read the newspaper and watch TV. You have a parent who's talking about the business and bringing Every it home, and day. the kids start to pick up on that passion. Yeah. You saw your father, and I've, I've rarely met anyone who's an entrepreneur or who's not passionate about their yeah. job, yeah. and so therefore it's 24-7. I see a lot of people who clock in and clock out who are 
are not passionate about oh, their yeah. jobs. And so the kids pick up on that passion, even though you're caged birds, like you said. Yeah. At least you're, you know the point is that you're passionate about what you're doing. And the kids often follow suit, and they become passionate. They learn to follow their passion, whatever it might be, being a radio talk show well, host. Or think, in whatever. today's day and age, there's more opportunity to be anything you want to be. You could even still go work for a big company that would normally have you clock in and out, mm-hmm. but you could just be a consultant yeah. and do a 1099 and just be 1099 for the company. Right. So you can now use your skills so many different ways. There's a million options. What's interesting, though, is I think being raised with a father that was like that made it so it was a possibility for me. Yeah. To do that, because I could you just see, see, you know, people can succeed. Yes, you and only so many need this kids, much money. Do, so many kids grow up not seeing yeah. that as a possibility. That's I could it. be my own. I could do this myself. Mm-hmm. You're training your kids to have that as an option. That's huge. And I like what you said as well. As you said, I, I'm great at what I do, but I'm not much of a businessman. Yeah. What you learn from your parents also is that you don't have to be good at everything right. you when you're outsource. not you, what you can do is yeah outsource yeah. and um I have a great friend who was uh, owned her own business successfully for almost 20 years and she learned this whole delegation thing because you are in control you can outsource whatever you need to do and she learned to outsource and delegate not only at work but at home yeah one thing that our uh, our listeners who who do this type of thing um, might be able to to uh, understand what I'm, this whole outsourcing idea at home. It really makes the at home time work so much better. Is that instead of taking it home and letting it be a burden, you know? I mean, because it is yeah. a twenty four seven. Oh yeah. L- let it free you up. Because you do have more control to hire other people to do things for you, even yeah. at home. So my friend, she taught me this about entrepreneurs and being a single mom. Uh, women very, very more likely are entrepreneurs because they have that, that uh, ability to be more flexible and have control and have their family, their yeah. kids, the prioritized. But she would then hire people to be a mom's helper or a, what she called a mother's yeah. assistant. Yeah. And then th- that person was at home took care of the kids after school. She not only not only were they just there to be with the kids. I mean, it wasn't like he sit home and watch TV or help them with their homework, but it was we have cleaning chores every day. She she had this whole index box full of what they do every yeah, day. Running the business, the she family. was running the family business for yeah. her so she could be at work doing That's her great. thing. So she outsourced all the things like homework help, yeah. prepping for dinner, ah. getting the chores done. Plus, so that was the bad cop. You hire the bad That's cop. That's right. So then she could come home and Spoil enjoy them. being at home with her kids. That's great. And then she could enjoy the good aspects of her, of her business mm-hmm. with the kids. They could see the good aspects rather than the stress of, oh, now I've got to come home and do all this stuff. Yeah. It was already taken care of when she got home. So you learned this great uh, choreography of, of delegation what do you that think, spill over to the home. I, I love that idea. What do you What do you think about this? Um, I've seen a lot of family businesses not be multi generational. Mm-hmm. They tend to they seem to slide with the next generation. Like they there's not the same passion. There wasn't the same entrepreneurialism. Like my dad handing me a sign company probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, because I'm trying to know, and business. we can't be disappointed if the kids yeah. don't share the same passion. But like you, you are you're following your own bliss. Yeah, and so you know, be happy if they choose something else. They don't have to, you know, be the sign person uh-uh. of the next generation. Right. And it's kind of disappointing. You hope that your kids would take over and yeah. be what you love I to do. I kind of don't want you know? my kids to do what I do because <laughs> it's scary. But you've there's a them, risk to it. And here's the other thing that could happen is that I've seen also families that were entrepreneurs that started a business and then they weren't so great at everything. But then the kids, this is another benefit. The kids grow up and then they see, you know what? Dad's not so good at marketing or at he could expand this area. Then they go, they have a more meaningful 
educational purpose yeah. when they go to college because they're like, well, I want to go and major in this because this would help the family business. Right. Then I could be there, fill in the blank. Yeah. And then I could expand the business into the, whatever it might be, the international market, which my dad has no idea how to do. And I can be more, you know, doing the international market or the web design or whatever. So they have kids. I, I, I ask fifth graders sometimes, what does your parents do for a living? I don't know. He works in an office. I think he does something. With, I mean, that kind of thing. Because yeah. they've checked out when they get home. Right. The entrepreneurial kids are, know everything about yeah. what their parents do. And so much that they get um, excited about their educational aspirations because they want to go to college to better the family business if they choose sure. to. And then you don't have kids who are like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what to major in when I'm in college. They already know because yeah. early on they see where they could grow the business. Then they go and get a degree and no, come back huge. and make a huge contribution. I, I see that with my own kids. They yeah. kind of know. The thing is, nobody. I don't know. Mine. They all kind of like the five or six parts of my business life, <laughs> but because I have five or different parts to it. But it, no one is su- super attracted to it. But they all kind of, I think, could see themselves doing it. I had brothers in law that knew when they were eight that they were going to be doctors. Mm-hmm. They knew it. And I thought, how lucky is that to know that at age eight, you're going to be a doctor. You already know it. You want it. And but then, how many of those go to school so and realize rare. I can't do this? I this know. was this was in my head a great idea, yeah. but I, but see, if you're in a family business, you know the kids know the realities of yeah. it, and it's not like some mystical thing of being a doctor or a mm-hmm. firefighter. You know that's that right. it's this dreamland thing. Yeah. But so this is what's teaching kids practical life skills. It's huge. I really like that because yeah. it helps set their feet on a path. And it could be I don't want to do this, right. and they already know what they don't want early on, which is yeah. great as well. I have my sons actually coach their friends on relationships and my daughter does too. But, and that's just because they're, they've sat in my office, they've seen what I do. I'll come out and I'll talk to them about what I just learned. And now my, I have one son that all the time is like, okay, so my friend's depressed. What should I do to help her? And I'm like, just kiss her, (laughs) just kiss her, dude. And he doesn't listen. But, um, I, I, I think it's powerful. I really do. I think it's almost it's the old agrarian society, right? Where it we is. were raised, we would raise our, we would raise up our. What was the name you called it? We all had our um, trade, our trade, like the the farm, the family farm, and Everyone they'd all grow up farm. to be the farm, and they take over the farm. Yeah. You know. Or if you were the cobbler, mm-hmm. you'd raise them up, yeah. and they you'd apprentice your children. That's right. mm-hmm. I. There's a lot about that that's powerful in and life. that we've lost in our society, yeah. and that we can pick up again through entrepreneurship. And it, it's, I, I think you're right, and it seems like we maybe even lose certain people that don't because they weren't apprenticed up. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're good at. I mean, great, 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 great grandpa was a cobbler for a reason, and then he figured something out, and he was naturally good at it. And you've got to believe that somehow every child, everyone on the way down. We're tightening some of the skills, and it doesn't mean we still need to be a cobbler, but to know how to work with your hands if some if you're good at that, or to know to know that you are a, an empathic person that can listen to people's pain and a healer to know you're a healer those kind and of things and it's learned are but i think it's also uh, we can inherit these things I think. and i think if you have a great great grandfather who was really really good at something you could even inherit some of these same skills that you know could point in that direct that same direction or something similar oh, yeah. and so you don't have kids who are bouncing around changing their degree every you know yeah. 5 6 7 times in college they already know early oh, yeah. on what they're good at see my kids hate school so much that they're going to get it done fast yeah if they get it done at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Good stuff. Okay, we're going to take uh, a break. And when we come back, Sean is, Sean's got some work for us. Sean's, Sean's put together a, a list of life lessons. All the things, the lessons that you should have learned by now. Yeah. And I'm that pro- you don't want to wait till your deathbed to right. figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just learned how to set my timer on my um, sprinkling system. Awesome. Thank you. Paid very, 200 bucks. Very good. 200 bucks to figure that one out. <laughs> Tell me See, I'm you're learning already, Matt. James is rolling his eyes. Marty. Sheesh. Thanks, Kay. <laughs> Julie Nelson was with us, a spoonful of parenting.com. Go check out uh, her website there. We're going to be back more with Julie when we come back. Sean as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. There's the hoedown music, which means, of course, we're wrapping up the show. It also means that uh, Sean's in the house. Sean's fixing his hat. Sean's donning his earphones. And you can smell eucalyptus, which means Sean's still got a chest cold. That's right. Is that true? (laughs) It's actually a sinus infection. Well, then you need to – those don't need to go in your mouth. If your sinuses, they're higher. I know that. Go up the nose. You're, you're not that kind of nostrils. doctor. So, <laughs> Actually, I am that kind of doctor. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not going to help in your throat. That's going to help your nostrils. Just letting you know. Well, it's helping my sore throat and, and stopping me from coughing all over the place. Well, we, and we appreciate that. Yeah. By the way, did you notice how James turns his face the other way yeah, and his yeah, back to you? <laughs> and then did you notice that he That's always, just because he wants me to sit on his shoulder. I know. He's uh, that James is wearing a shirt from Studio C, which were the guests yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Whitney and Stephen, and on it it says "Shoulder Angel Goes Here." Because if you have you ever watched Studio C, Uh yeah, I have a twelve-year-old son. Yes, so you understand all about that. You, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sean is James's studio or uh, shoulder angel, <laughs> and I would like to just see that happen right uh, now. Not no, uh-uh. <laughs> sorry, that'd be, that'd be fun. Okay, Sean. So uh, what are we going to do this last segment? Well, since I am James's shoulder angel, I've got some lessons that James should have learned in life by now. Oh. That, uh, you I know, think, you know, we got to teach him. James has a love interest. Mm. I won't, we were not going to name names, but we just found out, and ooh, all the guys are now interested. The guys that normally are asleep <laughs> in the producer's booth are now interested. And James does have a love interest, and we're not going to name names. Okay. But it rhymes with Addie Pitchards. <laughs> oh, there she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. We didn't want to have to go to HR and say anything, so if you could just keep it down. I. Who is that? Addie oh, is Pitchards. That, is that you, Maddie Richards? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just make it clear. There's okay. not a love interest. There. No. There's not. There's not a bilateral. At least not on the air. Mutual love interest there. Right. Okay. Sean, go ahead. All right. So uh, lessons in life that you should learn. Yeah. How about uh, this moment is your life? Yes. Now. Yes. Now is the Now time. is your life. Yes. Your life wasn't 20 years ago when you wished you were doing something else. Well, when you took state in football. That was your not your life. That was your life then. That was your life then. In that then. moment. Exactly. In that now. 
Now is your now. And your life is not, oh, I, I hope I can find somebody to marry. Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Tomorrow's not your life. No. You still have to always live it in the now. That's the weird thing, because you're only ever in the now. Yeah, exactly. Till you're dead. Yeah. Right. Then you're in the then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The present is all you have. Yeah, the here I, and now. Oh, I, I, yeah, I love presents. I love presents, too. Yeah. Especially at Christmas. Being of present course. in the now is all you have. That's beautiful. That's a great lesson. Did you get that, James? Number two. A lifetime isn't very long. They ain't that the truth. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you never know when that lifetime will end. It could end tomorrow. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're in line at SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> then it lasts then it goes forever. on and on and on. <laughs> it is forever. Mm-hmm. So you want to fight for what you believe in because your life is it's too short. It's way short. Right. And I'm telling you that. I'm at midlife. Mm-hmm. You're not. I Julie, am. Julie, you've got to be 20, 28. Uh, 50. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang, you look great. Yeah. 50? Mm-hmm. Jeepers. Yeah, I'm halfway there. Uh, halfway where? To 100, to the end of my life. Well, how do you how, how do you know, know your end of your life isn't 53? That's true. It could be 50 and in, in, in tomorrow when I mm-hmm. die. But see, now it doesn't That's matter. What it doesn't saying. matter what happens tomorrow. It's just That's now. Right. Yeah. Now is your life. Okay. Okay. Next one. The sacrifices you make today will pay dividends in the future. Totally. Oh, agree. yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy. Am I willing to live a few years of my life like many people won't mm-hmm. so I can spend the rest of my life like many people can't? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's a financial coach who says those very words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get our life. Ra- Your life? Radio stars. <laughs> you don't get this life without tons of sacrifice. Yeah, we'll find you in your dressing room, I'm sure. Do I have a dressing room? Do I? It has, yeah, it has pirate shirts in it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Don. When you procrastinate, you become a slave to yesterday. Oh, these are mm. profound. But yesterday doesn't matter because you're only in the now. Exactly. But when you procrastinate, you become a slave to yesterday. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're always paying the bills from yesterday. This is actually a blog post that was written by Mark Chernoff. Uh, and it's... I think it's just a fabulous It is. A fabulous I'm already list. loving all these. This mm-hmm. is great. Number five is failures are only lessons. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. things come to those who still hope, even though they've been disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. You are your most important relationship. Oh, very good. Mm. Yes. That's I like that true. one. In fact, there was a quote I just read from, you know, how everyone's posting on Maya Angelou because she just passed right. away. Right. And she said, I never trust someone who says, I love you, who doesn't love themselves first. There's an mm. African saying that mm. says, don't accept a shirt from someone who is shirtless. shirtless. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, by the way, can I just add to that? And I'm not Maya. Don't accept anything from someone that's shirtless. <laughs> Because that's just messed up. Yeah. I mean, why is he shirtless? Yeah, you got to love yourself first. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Happiness is when you feel good about yourself without feeling the need for anyone else's approval. Yes. 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 Will you call my mom and give her that one? <laughs> we'll have Mike do that. Not that, not that my mom has that problem, but it's I'm just, you know, everyone mm-hmm. wants approval from their mom or their whatever. I really like this one, too. Number seven is a person's actions speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe what they do more than what they say. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about James is he never says anything. <laughs> he you know just I mean? is. Right. He just is in yeah. the now. Yeah. Yeah. And number eight is small acts of kindness can make the world a better place. Yeah. Small acts of kindness make 
the better yes. the world a better place. They yeah, do. No can. They anywhere do. there's anywhere there's a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Number nine, behind every beautiful life, there has been some kind of pain. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think that's a universal truth, actually. Well, you've got to have some pain, don't you? you get, well, if you don't know pain, you're not going to know the good. Mm-hmm. And they've so built true. their beauty off of that because they appreciate mm-hmm. what they have. And it's, you know, it, what's sad is when people have lives that they don't appreciate. And beauty is through gratitude. And you're not grateful until you know what you actually have. And you have to go through some sacrifice and some tough times until you know what you've got. Exactly. So true. Yeah. We're all imperfect as humans. Wait, wait, wait. I don't agree with that one. I think I'm practically perfect. (laughs) Mary Poppins? Okay. My kids tell me that every day. You are practically perfect (laughs) in every way. And the last one, time and experience heals pain. Yeah. Time and experience. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah. <sighs> wow. Sean did it again. It's like this. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Those that can't see it, she just placed her hands on her temple and blew her mind up. It was. It was That was profound, Sean. Um, I wish my kids Will you post that. those on the Matt Townsend website? Because our listeners need to go through those again. Yeah, I'll have to that. see if I can find the blog that post again really, and, and put really it on there. That was really, really good. Um, well done. All of you. Again, uh, we're going to wrap the show up. Again, we love Maya Angelou, a tribute to her. Mm-hmm. Anybody that can bring that much spirit, that much from her past. I don't know if you heard about her oh, past. Oh, yeah. know all about it. Her history, seriously profound, powerful woman. Um, quote on the way out. It should really be a Maya Angelou quote, but uh, I can't pull up Maya's stuff right now. Never let success get to your head and never let failure get to your heart. Maya Angelou never did, and uh, we we send out our love to her family and just all those that love Maya. May we all just live up to her great memory. We're out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us. More tomorrow, more tools, more ideas to help you find the good life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You are listening to BYU Radio. BYU Radio.